Hello and welcome to another episode of Menace to Sobriety with your host, Daniel O'Reilly. And I've got a really interesting episode here for you guys. I think this episode is going to have huge impact on the way uh, we all think around uh, drink and cocaine uh, and the come down. This is a massive one for me. I uh, I first saw the guest that I'm going to bring on here on the Central Club podcast. Cullum had invited me on his podcast, uh, which I did, and he sent me through these clips and said, you'll find this really interesting. And it grabbed me straight away. Um, my guest is Nicola, uh, Nicola Abraham. Her, her and David both lost their eldest son, Jacob, in October 2015, aged just 24. He had taken his own life after a weekend out uh, with his friends, during which they later learned that he drunk alcohol and took cocaine. Um, his best friend also took his life eight months later with cocaine in his system. Um, and yeah, I'm going to get into this, but the thing that really sparked my interest is the fact that neither of these lads had, well, um, especially um, Jacob, didn't have any sort of existing mental health problems. Uh, and uh, it was it was a big surprise. And the research and everything that uh, Nicola had done here into cocaine and its effects just sparked my interest and uh, made me want to get this message out there. So, without further ado, welcome, Nicola. That was a tough intro. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, it's such a sensitive subject that I always worry that I'm going to get and uh, get things wrong and stuff like that. So, sorry if I was a bit stuttery, but no, that's absolutely fine. It's um, it's fine. Thank you so much yeah, for coming. You yeah. came. All, you've come all the way from Wales for me, haven't from you? Cardiff this morning. Yes. Yeah. So, thank you for having me on here because yeah. it's another platform where I can tell my story and raise awareness around. Um, the issue of co-cocaine. So thank Coca you. Yeah, yeah, no, thank you. We've had a few Zoom calls on the lead up to this, didn't yes, we? Yes, we have. Um, yeah. We've had a couple of Zoom calls. Um, uh, me, you, and Mandy. Yes. And um, we, uh, I, I was just, you know, you could tell, right? I'm, I'm just, it just sparked so much interest in my brain. It just really, and I could relate to so much that we were talking about uh, through my own experience. And then I just, I just found that this this co-cocaine substance. That the, you know, just talk to talk to me about that first of all. Um, what is cocaine? So cocaine is a substance um, that's created once you've taken alcohol and cocaine. So it creates another substance in your liver, and what it does then it creates a chemical substance um, that can cause. Um, it's kind of the only it can cause a psychotic kind of substance. And this is what really, really grabbed my attention, yes. right? Because the whole point uh, about Jacob um, that that you initially couldn't get your head round, I guess we'll get into the story as well. Um, was you know, is you know, what was the cause? What was the cause of him taking his own life? You know, is there a link here uh, about this? You know, and we spoke about it in depth yeah. about like this psychosis. What do you call it? Like an excited delirium. It's yeah, it's called an excited delirium. So basically, when you take cocaine and alcohol, um, it kind of it gets the neuro neurological and metabolical system into supercharge, and it creates this excited delirium. So um, the characteristics from that is severe agitation severe aggression, aggression towards others, this kind of unexplained um, physical strength that, mm. that they get. So, yeah, it can kind of create that. And 
not only does it kind of impact on kind of mental health, but also physical health as well. So it will um, it will get the heart kind of, you know, the blood mm. pressure rising, the heart rates going. And it's known as well for kind of like, you know, heart attacks. It's, it's yeah. very common in young people who are having heart attacks. Uh, yeah, so I think we're on this journey to kind of raise awareness of um, the issues around coethylene and really prevent um, deaths because yeah. it's very, you know, preventable. It's a yeah. preventable issue. And so we, you know. Yeah, I mean, so about it. The, the, the thing that really got me that, that, that sort of blew me away, that surprised me was when you said to me, um, what we what you believe, what you believe is that you, you could go, people could go out, they could use cocaine, they could drink and have a perfectly fine mm-hmm. come down. Yeah. But one time, like what happened to Jacob and his friend, is you could go out, you could, you could, you could use cocaine, you could use alcohol, you could have the, just the right mixture of um, co cocaine that could set yeah. off this uh, delu- uh, delirium, this yes. of delirium, uh, which, like, like you said, is like a psychosis, right? Yeah. And you could have no control over it and just and and com- and yeah. well. Yeah. Die, but you corrected me about the right yeah. to the correct term. It's not. We shouldn't say commit suicide no. because. It's died by suicide. So yeah. the term committed came about kind of 60 years ago when suicide was a crime. Right. And that's why they refer to it as committed suicide. Yeah. But what we're trying to do now is to kind of reduce the stigma. And by doing that, we're changing the language. Yeah. So we call it die by suicide. Yeah. But sadly, we're kind of like six decades on and still people are using the Commit, term yeah. committed suicide. Yeah, yeah. So it's just, I mean, it's, it's about something educating. That seemed, yeah, yeah, and it's something we were ingrained in, you know, yeah, yeah. something you, you know, I, we, we heard our parents and mm. grandparents refer to it that mm. way. But we've supported people who maybe their loved one had died by suicide 20, 30 years ago and wouldn't speak about it because of, um, again, the stigma around it. And when now they've heard the term it's died by suicide, they feel a little bit easier to speak about it now. So we kind of, yeah, it's not a crime. It's not a crime. Suicide's not a crime. Haven't been for 60 years. So hopefully we can. So. I really want to get into. I really want to get into how you came about this because I, I believe what sparks my interest could spark the viewers' interest out there. And I used I used the situation with uh, a couple of times when we were talking on the Zoom call with Leah Betts all them years ago when um, she died mm-hmm. uh, died from taking a pill, uh, taking ecstasy in Essex in a nightclub, and suddenly like this this realization to everyone. I mean, it turned me off uh, the pills. I was always a little bit scared of taking pills because because there was this there was this thing you could die from yeah. it but there doesn't like I mean people know you know mm-hmm. if you have too much cocaine you could overdose or if you have too much cocaine that you could have a heart attack but I'd never in a million years realised and I related what you were saying mm-hmm. to how I felt on some of my come downs because I had this madness my problem my problem with my relationship and everything like that wasn't um, when I was high it you know I mean that caused a lot of problems yeah. me being out of the house but um, I was a nutter the next day on the come down it was like my world was falling apart and I had like this like you said delirium sometimes yeah. I had to leave the house and yeah. it was, and um, what I want to do is I want to I want to get this point really get this point across to the viewers that you could be you could never con- you could you never consider dying by suicide no. and then you could just have this this could just overcome you so yes. talk me through what what happened with Jacob and how you got on this journey. <clears throat> okay, so we lost Jacob in October two thousand and fifteen. Hmm. He just turned twenty four. And I think anyone that knew Jacob, even, you know, kind of including myself, 
it, the shock was so profound because he was like the last person you would ever think of to take take their own life. He had everything in abundance. You know, he was young, he was handsome, he had a good job, he had lots of friends, he was athletic. Mm. And from a mental health perspective, he didn't suffer with his mental health. If anything, Jacob was so laid back. If he was ever in a stressful situation, he just removed himself from that situation. I told you the story of him when he had his GCSEs and it was a bit overwhelming on the day and he found the paper too hard. You just get up and walk out of it. So he was extremely laid back. Nothing kind of like phased Mm. Jake. If... We were talking about phones earlier. Sometimes he wouldn't have a phone for a long time because he couldn't deal with the hassle of it. Jake lived in his world. He was laid back and and that was Jake. I was at the time a senior practitioner with a counselling degree and worked for a leading charity. So I kind of thought, well, I would have picked up on, you know, any mental health issues. But what happened was um, on the 10th of October, Jacob had gone to a rave we'd gone on a night out and the following day he took his own life so for me when that happens when you lose someone by suicide I mean the most the, the thing that consumes you the most is why why have why have this person done mm. you know why have they done this and particularly as a mum as well I kind of think where did I go wrong yeah what did I miss I what did I miss where have I gone wrong here mm. so I think being consumed with the why 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 it kind of gets you kind of investigating as to why. I had to know what had happened to my son for him to walk, you know, out of the house on that Saturday afternoon and, and take his life. So we kind of like, you know, rewind mm. and we think, right, okay, he had a night out. Okay, he had a night out with his friends. Um, you know, when I spoke to other friends and his brother, he'd stayed out all night, he hadn't slept, and um, he was complaining of the hangover from hell. So, okay, we look at that and then you kind of look back in kind of hindsight and think, well, actually, he did struggle when he had a night out. You know, we had this laid back, happy, go lucky kind of young man. But on a night out, he did struggle. And, you know, sometimes I'd I'd ask the question, you know, he, he couldn't sleep. So if he had a night out, he wouldn't be able to sleep the next day. And I would say things like, you know, it's. You using anything more other than just alcohol? Is there drugs involved in here? Is it cocaine? And, you know, he would not obviously open up to me and he'd be like, no, no, nothing. And I just can leave it at that. I take his yeah. word for it. And I think for me as a parent, I never tried drugs. They always petrified mm. me. Like you talk about the Leah Betts thing. I never tried drugs because I always thought I'd be that one ended up dead or in kind of A&E. So I never really understood kind of like why people would want to take drugs for me. Yeah. Like, why would you do it anyway? Why would you be that stupid? So, you know, I think yeah. I wasn't that understanding and, mm. you know, not many people had opened up to their parents about drug use anyway. So I think there was something going on there. I thought mm, there's maybe he's using a little bit more, but he was very self-aware of that. And, you know, nights out bothered him. So he would often avoid nights out and you know he was 24 years old and a Saturday night he'd be sat at home up in his bedroom Mm. and then that was not not good because you think well he's young and he's and he's missing Mm. out on life but he was aware of how it made him feel feel the next day and before he died he kind of went into kind of a six-week sobriety himself he didn't go out and I remember he said to me oh I know what I'm going to do man to stop me going out I'm going to throw all my good 
my good clothes out, the good gear out, you know. So I can't go out because I've yeah, got no. God, he was really going. Like, he, he was really, really kind of yeah, yeah, self-aware. And you know, myself and his dad say, "Oh, you're young. Don't worry. Stop beating yourself up. Stop loathing." But on a way to us, it wasn't. It wasn't. It it was that the self-loathing. And I mean, we can all relate to hangover mm. and how shit we feel on a hangover. But of course, there was like you know when we look into co co Kathleen. You know, it's kind of like stops that serotonin and dopamine levels. It like you know attacks all that. So all that feel good stuff is it's just kind of depletes all that. So there was all that going on for him. So like I said, I kind of like investigated into it. Then I got his phone back after he died. I got his phone back, and I got into his phone. I guessed his password, and I got into his phone. And then there was messages then to friends. After a night out, you know how he looked. You know, cocaine was great at the time, so it, yeah. my, my my answers were there. He'd, he'd been using cocaine, but the next day it made him feel so depressed. And you know, why did he feel like this? So it was all there. There was some on there saying, um, you know, I I'm in bed today, thinking of ways how to die. I was like totally unaware of this that this was going on. You know, the the following day. Um, so that came back, and then of course we had the inquest. Then, and the inquest confirmed that there was cocaine and alcohol in his toxicology. So that got me on kind of this yeah. this road then of right, okay, I need to raise awareness. And what we did at the beat when Jacob died, the community they were fantastic. They just they all came together. They raised kind of like lots and lots of money, and we decided to set up a foundation in in mm. his name. And um, we did that. Um, so we set up this foundation. And I think what I wanted to do was like educate people in suicide intervention and prevention because it is preventable. I wanted to be able to set up a safe space as well for other young men to come in and talk about kind of their problems, their issues, their, their drug use. And also I, always, I wanted to support people who were also bereaved by suicide as well because mm. for us... Jacob was found by his younger brother, his 20-year-old brother. (coughs) And we were offered no support, nothing. Mm. We were just left. Police came, did what they had to do, and that was it, gone. And I can remember saying to my son, well, what what have they left us? Like, who do we contact now? Where's where's the leaflet with the details on? And there was nothing. So I quickly learned that when, you know, you're left bereaved through suicide, there there was no support there. So for me, I wanted to set up, you know, kind of counselling for people who Mm. were bereaved through suicide. And um, so that's what we did. And what I did then, um, I did a documentary for, oh, rewind again. Sadly, within the eight months after Jacob dying, his childhood best friend also took his life. Again, after a night out, um, he he took his life. And within that same week, another friend took his life. So we were left with three young men. And again, all the link was cocaine and alcohol so we did a program for uh, Welsh ITV um, called Wales this week because at that time there was a huge rise in male suicide within that age group of like 18 to 35 and uh, Wales this week wanted to cover it so we met with the producer and we wanted to speak about the three friends that taken their life and then we started to talking about the link between um, cocaine and alcohol and the producer said, right, okay, so the second part of the documentary, yeah. I want to I talk about this. Um, and we did. As you can imagine then, the next day, I was just inundated mm. with 
bereaved families saying this was my lived when this was my lived when there was no history of mental health and after the night out they taken you know they taken their own life there was cocaine and alcohol in toxicology so I become inundated and I mean from all over the country and I start to get like this small army of bereaved parents you know mm. or, or family saying yeah this is my child this is my son this is my husband and then you saw you know? it and then we saw it and we thought right we need to do something you know about this I then did a campaign with the Sun online mm. um, called "The End of the Line," um, where we spoke about about this link. And then I did um, the Victoria Derbyshire show. They covered um, this story, but it was a little bit, I'm going to say this, under researched because I think they'd said, "Oh, you know, they, we we've got connections of 13 people who died by suicide after using alcohol and cocaine." And I was thinking. There's 13 in my community. Like wow. this is so in the research. There's probably hundreds and hundreds. So we kind of got some somewhere with it, yeah. and then we hit the pandemic. So we kind of all had a Fizzle. bit of a love then fizzled. <clears throat> in the meantime, I was uh, approached by two other mums mm. um, who were quite kind of open to being active about this, and they wanted, um, you know, their sons had died by suicide after using cocaine, and another person who's got lived experience through suicide. And what we decided to do is form a Co-Alk Alliance task force group. So we'd come together and we'd try and get the message out there. We wanted um, Public Health Wales to kind of sit up and take notice and say, for me, I always thought there's a rise in suicide in young men between this age group. And this was the connection, but nobody was, was listening so we presented ourselves to Public Health Wales and said, look, this, you've got a real problem with this. And if you mm. speak to young men and women on the, you know, the social scene, they'll tell you that it's it's everywhere and sometimes it's unavoidable and, and, and people are using. But what they wanted was kind of facts and figures and data. Mm. Um, and the only way we can get kind of like the data of use is from an inquest. But our problem was is that not all inquests or um, when there's an inquest that they do a toxicology report. So we weren't picking up on kind mm. of like the true numbers there. And then even when there was a toxicology report, um, you know, that, that said that there was alcohol and cocaine in that person's system, they wasn't recording it as a suicide. They were recording it as accidental or um, oh misadventure. My, oh, my God. So, so we were, we couldn't get kind of like the true figures oh. of, you know, of, of this big problem. And I think this is the issue that we're still having. Uh, so, you know, that's where we want to be. We want to be out there and saying, mm. come on, somebody take this from us. And yeah. we, you know. We're, we're exhausted and we just we've brought this to life yeah. we need somebody now to kind of say yeah, yeah this is a huge problem and something yeah. needs to be done about it we have got a university in south wales the south wales university yeah. that has um taken on the research because there's very little research mm. done into the link with um alcohol and cocaine and suicide and i think what research has, has been done it's kind of mainly in america mm. and this is where the excited delirium come from and the and the cocaine. <clears throat> so we've got the um, university now. They're starting their research into kind of mm. looking at the links between alcohol and, and cocaine. And we've got a kind of like a bit of funding to yeah. to take this further. We do do stuff online. We've got a website as well that would give out kind of like all the information around mm. it. 
but it's bigger than us and we need somebody yeah. to say, right, yeah, this is a big issue and people do need supporting. But yeah, first first up, thank you. And I'm uh, I'm committed to helping you, Nicola. I'm committed to hel- yeah. uh, helping. So I, I just related so much to... Um, I mean, I, I, I related to... You know, the, the, some of the, the, the trigger words that you were saying to me, like about the delirium and stuff, I went mm. through some personal stuff I, I, that, you know, I won't share on the podcast, but I, I told you some yeah. bits about stuff that had happened to me and um, you and Ma- Mandy were like, yeah, you know, this That's is it. it's very similar, you know, these, these like overwhelming racing thoughts and kind of losing control. But the thing that really perked my interest in this is I thought to myself well this is something I can really help with you know if you can get hold of the people that can put together you know like the research and that mm. we can use my social media we can use my Definitely. men and men and their emotions mm. mental uh, a mental health group we can use my audience to say right we need people to come in and to talk about this and to take part in it so yeah. and anyone that can help with any of that I'd love to do a documentary on it anyone that mm. can help any of that get to us but I just wanted to go into something because I think like what would really help would be like a campaign right like a like a TV campaign or something like yeah. that because that, because listen you no, I've, I mean in my own friendship group myself I've, I've got I've got my good uh, my good pals um, they lost they had 10 years apart two lads same thing drank, drinking um uh, using that's just in my mm, group of friends yeah. two lads right so i it's it, it's out there and i think that you know if you could if if we could do some sort of campaign or we could raise awareness where it's saying like you don't have any control over this this could happen to you to you it yeah. c- and and people are saying like you know all of the all uh, and if you think about it all of the actual um narrative uh and help and stuff around suicide it's not directed at this at all at this situation because like you know like saying you know you know here's some helplines it's okay to talk and stuff like that mm. if you find yourself in this like excited delirium on a come down where you might like you didn't you say that this co this cocathaline mm. actually c- can create um yes so it cause it creates a psychoactive substance and it's is that like is that like acid? Yes. So so what it does, it it I'm no medical. This is where we need in Mandy. Yeah, so yeah. Mandy, one of the other parents, she's the nurse and she's done the research into this. She's an academic, so I'm just kind of going yeah, on. That's We've right. got her paper, so and it's kind of an easy read to understand. So this is what yeah. yes yeah it's for the facts there. we check with Mandy for the facts for the but, facts but, but, yeah. but yeah so basically what it does it creates another substance in the liver and then that gets leaked into the bloodstream but it's a psychoactive substance so that's when it becomes a mind-altering substance and like you said can cause this um delusion psychotic episode uh, literally a psychotic episode and if you even google excited delirium it says you need to seek medical attention immediately it needs medical attention and it needs antipsychotic drugs yeah um, to you to know, level, to your, level it, yeah. level these because these depletion in kind of serotonin yeah. and you oh man, know, I've got listen, I've been there, I've been, yeah, I've been, yeah. I've been on. I, I mean, I, I, I mean, the last time, my rock bottom this time, uh, I had it like, and me, I, I, I could, I could tell you twenty situations yeah. where my come down has been so drastic, so bad that you know I'm crying, weeping, and like just thinking, you know. 
you know, like beside myself. Yeah. Like, and I said to you on a Zoom call, what, how I can imagine, because sometimes how your mindset gets, mm. you can almost tip over a balance where you forget, you don't realise it's a come down. You have got, you know, even though everything points to it, you've been up sniffing drugs yeah. all night, that you, but that your psychosis or whatever is going on in your mind, that you don't even think it's a come down. You just think this is your state of mind right. forever. Yes. You know, yeah. and yeah. it's, but. And you, it causes extreme paranoia as well. So, yeah yeah and and you can imagine well and and again kind of like a lot of families that we've worked with they've they've gone on to do kind of really i mean i can't even talk about methods but really horrific kind of methods and and that is where methods of of, of, taking. of taking their own life and that is where this you know psychotic episode is is taking um mm. these young men and and again, young men with everything to live for. I mean, if Mandy was here now, she'd talk about Sean. Sean just bought a house with his girlfriend. He'd gone home that morning, um, ready to go and buy the fridge freezer for the house. Everything to live for. And within an hour of being dropped off by the taxi at 7 a.m., by 8 a.m., he'd, he'd, you know, he'd killed himself. But he'd left a video, and, and through that video, she could see this psychotic episode. And I said to you um, that before Jacob died, he'd taken a selfie, because I had his phone back, he'd taken a selfie. And Jake had these piercing blue eyes. His, his eyes were black. So for me, I feel like like his pupils had dilated so much they that they'd just taken over the whole circle of his eyes and he just had these kind of like black eyes. So whatever psychotic state that he'd gone into as well, you know, I mm. believe that this is the contributing factor in him taking his life, just yeah. one of those episodes. And like I said, Jacob was 24. He'd been on the kind of social clubbing scene for years and had probably, you know, had taken drugs and had those mm. dumps. But what was it this time, you know, that mm. that he'd gone on to take his, his own life? And we know as well, another kind of contributing factor is that you can't sleep on it. When you fact yeah. like this cocoethylene is in your system, you, you can't sleep. So you're sleep deprived, you're exhausted. And you're, you're, you know, and what we know, I've I've spoken to other young men, they said, you know, sleep is your kind of your only way out of it really. If you can fall asleep and then, you know, you wake up and you're feeling a lot better. But if you can't sleep as well, it's you it's know. horrific. And we know Jacob had been up I mean, he died Saturday afternoon, late Saturday afternoon. He'd been up since Friday morning, the Friday before. So what's that? Kind of 38 mm. I mean, hours that he hadn't slept for. And what did you... Yeah, because my, yeah, my, my point on it being is is that, you know, if you... It, or, you know, when you think everyone's saying or all, all of these... The, oh, there's, a, mm. there's a rise in uh, men's suicide. And look, listen, lads, if you're down, you know, if things are getting to you, it's good to talk. Da, 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 da. That doesn't help people that are going into this no. psychosis, that are going no. into this delirium, right? Yeah. Um, and um, you said to me as well... Um, when we were outside, tell me that again. That the 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 two most causes of of suicide you, you were saying in in men. Yeah. So through our charity, where we've supported kind of hundreds and hundreds of of young men over the last eight years, the two biggest contributing factors to suicide that we see are cocaine and alcohol, drug use, and relationship breakdown. Yeah. So relationship breakdown is a huge contributing factor. And sometimes you're kind of thinking, is it the chicken and egg thing? So if cocaine and alcohol contributed to the relationship breakdown or then the relationship breakdown, um, you know, the, yeah. they'll use cocaine and alcohol as a coping mechanism. Yeah. So sometimes there's always kind of like that link mm. as well with it. But th those are the two 
um, you know, kind of biggest mm. contributing factors when there's a breakdown and sometimes, um, you know, they're estranged from their family and, and their children. Tell me about those two lads that you had on that live podcast and, and what 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 they were, exp- mm. what I couldn't believe it, but what they were sort of, um, what they were sharing, what they were saying. Yeah, so we had... Um, we had three lads come on the live podcast, so it's, you can view it on the Central Club podcast. Mm. And they come on with their lived experience that they'd used alcohol and cocaine and they'd made suicide attempts. So they gave us an insight to how how they felt mm. in at that time. And pretty much, um, you know, as we talked about that excited delirium, that severe agitation, you know, aggression, that that type of thing. And one of them said that when he was going through this episode, then because um, suicide becomes a kind of a solution to a problem. So he had this problem, this psychotic kind of episode that he was having and then he started to think of suicide then so this is you know this can be a solution to my problem and he said that when he started to think of suicide and started to plan his suicide that he went through this like beautiful epiphany of like oh my gosh this is going to end now this horrendous kind of feeling that I'm getting I mean he didn't my even God. relate it it's only that when he spoke at the podcast and shortly before, he didn't even relate how he was feeling and that suicide attempt to the cocaine and alcohol. See, that's it's what I just... It's only when we contacted him to come and speak on the podcast that the penny dropped for him. Um, wow, that's crazy, isn't I it? I know, the, the, he, he didn't even know. Um, and then there was another young man that, that spoke wow. about that when his come downs were so, so bad, the only way that he could deal with his come down is, is to hold kind of like a knife to kind of like his main artery and so that when it got so bad that he could just end it all wow um, that's it's shocking it's so I bad i know it's and there's so many kind of young men and you know we're talking about kind of there's a huge there's been a huge rise in female suicides and you know kind of again there's that link sadly there's there's that link that we that we're seeing mm. in females do you know what I do you know what it's like I can remember being in situations before where you know you've you've done so I've done so much alcohol drank so much uh, mm. done you know done so much drugs sorry that you know I'm I'm drinking the alcohol to try and knock myself out right I'm like I'm I'm like maybe if I and it's I don't mind talking about mm. it but it's quite embarrassing but you know, thinking right. If I just neck loads of Jack Daniels, then then that would just knock me out and get rid of this come down because I don't want to do any more drugs, right? Yes. Uh, and that's the point that you get to where, and this is where I think, like, you know, just to give you an insight into how how it how it feels like when you're in that situation, it's like you you're like the sun's coming up. They call it the fear, right? Yeah. That's what everyone calls it, the fear. You know, the, the sun's coming up, mm. da, 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 the party's over, and then you've got, you. what you're hit with is this realisation is, right, now, now's the, if, you, if you're even in that mindset that you realise mm. it's a come down, now I've got to deal with this, or you go, right, I'm going to do, so, I'm not ready for the come down, I'm going to do some more drugs. Yeah. Or if you are, you think, I'm going to try and sleep through it, and then it's even worse, because well, you're, you're, you can't, so you're <laughs> lying there, your thoughts are racing, why have I done this, everything like that. So I can see, I can see how it builds, and I, and I've had before where, you know, I've got through that, but then my life has started again. You know, the people around me are waking up. Yeah. You know, my life started, and then I'm in this in this place of <clears throat> fuck. It's you know, it's very hard to handle. And I think that the, the 
that if if you mix that with that that psychosis, I I, I mean. It's hard for me to say it, but I can understand how I've been, how it yeah. can get there, how it can get there. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I think the most vulnerable position a person could be in is by themselves. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, that's the most vulnerable place they can be. And when we're looking at kind of like harm reduction, what we want to say is we want kind of like parents, family members, friends mm. to recognise you know, this yeah, yeah. And, to make, and to come make, down and to make that connection. Yeah. And then if you feel a loved one has used alcohol and cocaine, I mean, the most fundamental thing is not to leave them by no, themselves. No, reach out to them in the morning or yeah, reach out and to make them. sure, because that, for us, when Jacob did use and he did have a night out, uh, we were always around, but that weekend we were on holiday. Right. So there was nobody around. So right. he was left by himself. And Mandy, um, the other mum will tell you the same with Sean. He went home by himself. Right. And that is the, a very vulnerable place yeah. place to be. Because the, the hard thing, I guess, um, to think about is if, he, if, if these boys had just got through that day, Yes. They'd still be with us. Exactly. Do you know what? Um, somebody said to me, you didn't want to die forever just that day. And so that's sad. so true. And that is so true. Yeah. And that is the heartbreaking thing about it. And if I could go back, I would gain much. I wish I had the understanding then that I have now with it. Mm. I really do. Because I would be having those open conversations with Jacob and I probably wouldn't be as judgmental. Yeah. And I would be equipped to say, you know, if you get like this, yeah. I need to know where you are on the come down. Because I would rather Jacob here yeah. alive today doing cocaine than dead not doing cocaine. Yeah. So I would I would say What would you what would you say to the parents that are watching now? To to anyone that's watching that or partners and parents Anyone that's watching, what would you say? How, how can they deal with this? Someone that's using and someone that gets dark, dark downturns. So I would say, and this this may sound like I'm condoning it, but I'm not. It's just purely harm reduction. I would kind of say, understand. Understand the environment that your adult children are living in now. We know cocaine use is, is on the rise. It's in... Or every social setting, you probably work in a social setting and 95% of the people in that setting will be doing cocaine. If not, they'll be offered cocaine. So it could be a time that they, that they do use cocaine. Just understand that. Have those open conversations. I would say to Jacob, if I could go back, I'd say, look, if you're going to use cocaine and alcohol, please, please, can you let me know so I can be there the next day for this come down. So we can put things in place to keep you safe. Because mm. it will pass, and by mm. Monday, Tuesday, they, you know, everything yeah. they're back in work, and you know, they're they're okay. But that's what I would say. I'd be let's put things in place. Can I be that go-to person mm. when you're starting to feel like you know maybe you're having an episode or you're mm. extremely agitated or whatever mm. that is? Can I be that go-to person? So what we do with the foundation, we do kind of like a training, and that's part of the training. We do a suicide safety plan. And it could, the same thing can be done around that. Let's do a safety plan. If you're going to use alcohol and, and cocaine, let's keep you safe the next day. Let's not act on, on this. That's so powerful because there's a number of things that, that instantly, that changes the narrative to behind it all. I mean, we, we briefly spoke outside. You know, there's so many parents out there that are like, like you said, on my hand on my heart, my son wouldn't, wouldn't use. And yeah. da, 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 da. Listen, the days of drug, the days of drug use being, um, 
you know, considered dangerous really are over. Like the the like my culture, definitely. My, I don't know if the yeah. generation underneath me is any different, but when I grew up, it was. Yeah, every weekend it was who's getting a bag in and you know and uh, it really I think it's very rare that there's kids out there that aren't trying drugs yes it's very rare it, it's part of youth culture yeah yeah uh, and it's part of growing up and experimenting experiment yeah with. and and it doesn't discriminate either. It's yeah. kind of from anywhere, you know, there's university students yeah. as well that have died you know after using alcohol and cocaine so you know, it's, mm. it's anybody but the, that, the, that the, the big thing, the big discriminate. Yeah, the big thing that you said that because I can remember being like the like I had a situation where I considered taking my own life, mm -hmm. and um, I, I don't I I don't think it was like um, a coethylene. I've got it written here so I can pronounce it <laughs> because because uh, I'm dyslexic. I, I, there's it's just. I've, I've said it so many different ways yeah. and my, my wife's been like you make sure that you learn that word uh, <laughs> well she's like you make sure right let's all but um, I don't uh, for me personally my life was falling apart right mm. so you know my father had just passed away um, you know my career had imploded I'd broken up with my missus so I mean to me I was I had mental health problems yeah. you know I was using to cope I wasn't using socially so it's a bit of a different situation with me I had my I had my um, it, it's like it was like a thought, a longer thought process for me. So a different situation, someone more in the traditional sense, yes. you know, not like this. But but I um I when I reached out like like in the middle of the night, you know, on the it was on the come down. I'd mm. I'd run out of drugs yeah. and I was having serious dark thoughts. Uh, I still had like my wits about me, so to speak, to think this is wrong. You need to speak to someone. And I, I rang uh, the Samaritans, but under no circumstances would I have reached out to my mum. I never would have reached out to anyone around me. And I think that if I'd had that conversation, if my mum had said to me, yes. do you know what? Say that. Yeah, if, if she would have had that conversation. If my, yeah, I mean, because, yeah. and the weird thing is, I, I, I talk, even back then, my mum knew I was using drugs mm -hmm. and I, she was very open. I've got a great relationship with my mum in regards to the honesty levels of me and my mum are fantastic. She knew, and I'd, if she asked me, you know, what you're doing, I'd tell her. I have a great relationship with her. But she never consciously made the effort because she wasn't educated. She didn't know to say, listen, there's serious risks. Um, you know, you, you could, you could die by suicide. Yeah. yeah? Um, of a psychotic, of a psychotic yeah. episode. Yeah. So when, when you, when, if you can't handle your come down or it's becoming bad, I want, I want to be your go-to person. Yes. yes. And if she would have had that conversation, would have you rang her that night? Oh, well, I, well, I rang, yeah. I rang the Samaritans because I wanted, I needed to tell yeah. someone how I was feeling. So, yeah. so I, I would have, but I've just thought I, I did, I, I did think of her, uh, I, but I, I thought I, I didn't want to. And and not everybody is going to be like yeah. that. Nobody, you know, are, are going to have those conversations. But what you did was absolutely right, is to ring the Samaritans, yeah. and that is something that we put in our safety plan as well. If you haven't got that go-to person, yeah. let's get a helpline number in there. Let's get the Samaritans. The Samaritans, they're phenomenal. We have so many mm. young men reaching out to the Samaritans. Yeah. You know, they, they are there. They're there, yeah. non-judgmental. They were there. They will listen to you. And yeah. that feeling could pass. You yeah, know, that, it, it will. Pass. It did for me. And it is. It's you know. I thought because I thought when I rang the Samaritans, they're going to go, 
Have you drank and used cocaine? Yeah, well, that's why you're feeling about it. Maybe stop doing drugs, but it wasn't. No, it was. It was they. They did. We did have that conversation. You know, but be honest. Have you used? Because that could contribute mm. to how you're feeling. Yeah. But what else is it that's getting you down? And why would you think that? Do you not think the people around you are gonna? And then they listened. Yeah, they simply listened. They just listened. And I was on that phone for I think a good forty five minutes. Yeah. Uh, enough for me to calm down, man. And for and for that feeling to to, to pass. pass yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So what can I do to help? What do you think I can do to help? What, what else can I do? You know, what, what what have you got planned? What's going on? Well, we've got lots going on. We've um, now we've got a website. We're looking to set up a helpline as well. Called, oh, you told me yeah, about this for yeah. people on the come down. Yes, yes. And parents and carers and family and friends, anybody to kind of get advice. Mm. So we're hoping to set up a helpline there. I think we're going to kind of call it Ask Kathleen. Um, so that's one thing we're looking for. We just want really awareness. We want people to kind of like yeah. sit up, take notice, um, and you know, put things in in place if they if they're concerned or you know, or where to go if they if you know if they need help and and support. And yeah, so just kind of getting it out there really is 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 great. What would you say to anyone that's listening now that's um, on a hard come down or that's battling uh, with these weekly sessions? I, I've opened up this podcast to to a, to a new audience. I mm. think. I mean, the, the addiction and and um, drug use and like help for drug use and that is is such a taboo that people think they only need it if if they've yeah. lost everything or if they're clutching a bottle of vodka on a park bench. But it's for not, no, yeah. for for me for me it was cultural. It was weekend sessions and and again the the come downs would destroy my mental health it was destroying my family you know and like if if like i try and stress to 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 these people watching the podcast every episode that if if drink and drugs become like if you just use drink and drugs anyway excessively and something goes wrong in your life and then it becomes a coping mechanism if you add shame and guilt about (coughs) bad things that have happened in your life on them come downs it is a recipe for disaster what advice would you give to any of the girls or guys out there that are using or trying to stop using or on a come down or, or high now I think, and I don't know, because it's, it's it's hard to kind of like, you know, seek that support. I think that's what the barrier that a lot of people come against is where do I go with this? I would always say seek medical um, advice, first of all. Um, there's a lot of GPs that are kind of clued in on this and there's others that, you know, we've had some of our clients go to the GP and say this is my life what do I do and they're like I don't really know it's not something you know if it was heroin there's the methadone program if it's alcohol there's AA so a lot of GPs are not kind of trained in what to do with cocaine so first of all I'd say kind of seek medical advice but it's just to be open about it it's to speak about it and and to talk about it okay you might find somebody that they are judgmental but Mm. it's just finding that one person that you can speak to we hold um ca meetings at the foundation they're always kind of a good starting point you've got people there who kind of like understand there's the samaritans there's um you know there's helplines but yeah i would i think it's just talking openly about it and being able to keep yourself safe so again is that harm reduction so if you are going to use make sure you're in the company yeah. of kind of a trusted adult yeah. or a, 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 that trusted person definitely yeah. don't don't be by yourself and and you know seek that that company mm. I thought, I thought, go on yeah it, it's difficult isn't it it's um 
what it, and and what, what we say is it's like a lot of people they're in they're just buying into having a good time that mm. that's it they're buying into having a but they're not a signing good time, up for all of this signing up for for the rest of it so it's about again educating mm. educating yourselves do you do you think that there's a connection with like the your your receptors or or like your you know your the things that fire your serotonin out being just saturated like session from session so the come down's getting worse and worse the more you use or you do you think that there's anything like that because I, it used to be really yeah. fun for me and then the, and and that, or is it just with age I don't know because yeah. I got too old for the sesh but the 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 but I found that the or maybe maybe it's um it's because you're pulling away from it so much on a mental yes. aspect. And I think in Mandy's paper, she does say about that when you first use drugs and alcohol, it opens up all those lovely dopamine and serotonin levels. But the more you use, it starts blocking it. So you've got to change What, the it. actual substance? Yes. So it, it, it starts blocking um, kind of that feel-good factor. So blocking all those serotonin and dopamine levels. I Don't quote me on that. I yeah. mean, we need to read um, Mandy's paper. but And that kind of made sense for me as well. And then you've got to chase it more because you're, yeah. you're trying to get that, that, you know, first to get that yeah. back. And you can't because chemically it's stopping, um, you mm. know, it's it's blocking, um, you know, all those serotonin and dopamine levels. So, yeah, um, big 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 one from for me to take away from this is that um, if you're on if if anyone out there is on, is on on the come down, uh, uh, this podcast really stands mm. really stands as like a big thing for me. For like the more I've opened up, the more I've spoken about it. Actually, the people around me that love me, like you know my partner, my mom, and people like that, they've they, they they're very they they like that I've opened up. Do you know what yeah. I mean? They actually like that. They see that as strength. So anyone that's on a come down or 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 that's feeling that like they're struggling, like you say, God, your mum would prefer you to tell them what's going on than to lose your exactly, right. Exactly, exactly, and. Um, like I said to you, when you did the live podcast yeah. the other evening with Kirk, and Kirk said something about, like, share this, share this with the person that you're concerned about that, that may be using or, you know, or, and want to stop. And I said, I wish you would have been around eight years ago. Yeah. Because when, you know, Jake would struggle with a, a night out to say, you know, you've got a bit of an ally here. This, you're not alone. Yeah, yeah, watch these. Let's watch these, yeah. So... You know, you do take criticism when mm. you speak out. You know, it's a big thing to do. Like you know, you know that I have yeah. um, speaking about Jake's suicide and his drug use. You will always get that one person that's gonna yeah. comment or but yeah. bypass that because most of the time you're doing a good thing. You know, people mm. are grateful of this and they they can kind of relate to you and and that's what it kind of opens up a possibility of change as well. Yeah. So they've seen that, you know, that you, you used to do it, that, you know, but there is change. Yeah. So even at the moment, if they're not contemplating any change, there is that bit of hope and possibilities yeah. that one day I might get there. I'm not ready yeah. at the moment, but that's something you've done it yeah. and I can work towards. So, um, yeah, I just want to emphasize that, that, that you know, uh, dr drugs, drugs in general, drink and drugs or especially like cocaine. It's got such a bad stigma around it. Like, mm. you know, you think, oh, my friends and family. Well, your friends know anyway, but your family or work or whatever. But the truth of the matter is you, you, you've got a habit. You got involved in something that you're no longer enjoying. And it's and it's tricky. Yeah. It's tricky stopping it. You know, if you're sat there right now or you have been this weekend or something like that. And you're like, this is 
killing me. I can't fucking do this no more. And then by Friday, when you're feeling better again, you're doing it again. And while you're doing it, you know it's going to make you feel worse. Mm. You're just stuck in a, in, in a habitual that. loop and you can break it. Uh, John, uh, uh, John, have you got anything you'd like to add to this before we wrap yeah. it up? Well, well, first of all, thank you so much for sharing um, your story and uh, all, you know, all this information. I've not to be like, oh, I know so much, but I've always thought I've known quite a lot about drugs and the effects and the different kind of processes that happen. But I'd never heard of this until until Dan mentioned it. Yeah. Um, so I think this is a really, really interesting bit of information that's going to help a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, I, I knew about, you know, how you know how bad come downs can be and that you, you need to build tolerance to stuff and not this combination of this new like chemical. Has this been something that's been known in the literature for a long time or is this because I've never heard of it? Um, yeah, it has. Um, and like I said, when we all got together, Mandy being kind of like the nurse and the medic yeah. and the academic in this, she was the one that kind of like, mm, okay, let's look deeper into this. There's got to be some kind of scientific um, reason. And she has produced the fact sheet paper that I sent yeah. sent over to you earlier. I don't know whether we can put that in some kind yeah, of we'll, thing. Yeah, we'll or, add it. We'll add it. We'll add it. I mean, I'm just kind of reeling off this kind sure, of third sure. hand um, because she, you know, she's written this and she's done the research in, into it, um, and it's there. There are all the facts. It's probably mm. been something that's been around, you know, ever mm. since cocaine and alcohol. Yeah, but I didn't together, know. We, we just didn't know about people it. People putting, of my friends putting that together, it. Yeah. yeah, and how it creates um, this this third substance. And, you know, it's detrimental both to kind of like mental health mm. and physical health because that's what um, causes the heart attack because mm. the blood pressure is rising and then the heart is having to work harder. So it's, you know, on both sides, on both, you know, both mm. ends is it, it, really kind of detrimental. So even if you think you're safe, well, no, I don't get those psychotic episodes. I, mm. I can control it. I'm in control with it. There's the One, physical until you're not. aspect yeah. of, of yeah. it as well. Yeah. So and mm. and that's something, you know, that we've come across a lot as well is is young people dying by heart attack from well from from it. Yeah. So anything else, John? No. That was that was sort of the main thing, but I think just by, you know, bringing people bring this to people's awareness mm. um a i think it's going to make people way more conscious about what they're doing especially combining substances but also just yeah if you like if you know guys or girls ever find themselves in that spot it's provided a label to it you can let you know what's happening so yeah yeah that's that's, yeah. that's right and we just need to be open so yeah. somebody could reach out and say oh, i think i'm having that kind yeah. of excited delirium or that yeah. that psychotic episode here yeah, it's yeah. just it's just snowing isn't it and and that's the thing when when there is um kind of awareness around any kind of illness um people go look for the signs if you get this this and this yeah. that's a sign you could be having a stroke or a heart attack it's again it's like looking for the signs if yeah. you feel extremely agitated or extremely aggressive or you know paranoid oh my god I, this, I had it i had it i mean i remember sitting and telling you for talking you through mm. some some personal episodes of things that I'd done and stuff that had happened and both of you going yeah you had exactly yeah, delirium yeah. yeah it was yeah. fucking scary yeah and I remember Mag saying to you you're lucky to be alive yeah because when you when you um kind of experience excited delirium you're at more risk of a heart attack then than any yeah. uh, any other time I can so. I can remember one mm. one one specific time where I snapped out of it and I felt the moment that I came out of it 
like I, I, like, and and um, I was counselling at the time, and I think I told you that I spoke mm. to my counsellor. I thought I was bipolar, yes, um, because the the shift in what was going on in my mind and uh, with what I perceived my reality to be to what it was was scary. It's almost like waking up from a dream. Almost, yes. it was, yeah. it was, and it it um it uh you know, and I, I can remember speaking to my partner at the time and saying to her something's not right with me you know and yeah. being feeling really vulnerable i want to finish uh on um asking you if you can um to just maybe maybe have a word with uh maybe have a word i don't know if you can i don't know how, how to put this across but any mothers that may have come across this podcast um that have maybe freshly experienced what you what you've experienced any advice or or thinking or anything you can pass on to them because we have the podcast goes so far you you don't you, someone could be sat searching and be very new to to experiencing this what what would you say to or, or any anyone not just mothers anyone yeah um just seek help and advice yeah uh, around this um you know speak about it like mm. i said again seek medical advice yeah. around it and yeah just kind of like have an open mind as well Mm. you know do do a bit of research look into it we've got um the koal alliance website mm. you know visit that have a look i was thinking more along we the can. lines of someone that had lost someone oh right okay yeah. okay so yeah if you've lost someone i mean what ideally what we would like the more people we've got behind us to say this is a real issue the more then we can push for the agenda yeah. um you know for public health they bring out kind of the uh, the suicide kind of talked to me too strategy in Wales and drugs and alcohol is not even yeah. on that. And that's what we want. We want to say, you know, this is a contributing factor. I don't want to take away from anybody that's, you know, died by suicide or have had suicide thoughts and drug and alcohol is not related and that there is, um, you know, mental health, serious mental, serious health, mental, problem, mental yeah. health problems, because, you know, there are many, many, many reasons that a person will take their life. Uh, so I don't want to take that away fr from them. But yeah, if there's anybody out there that's looking for support, um, looking for advice, come and see us. Mm. And if anybody would like to come and join us on the Coalc Alliance Task Force and together we can be a huge force to make changes. And all we will do in the process is save lives. These are the most, pre it's so preventable. Mm. You know, we, you know, suicide is the most preventable kind of, um, you know, issue and we, we can we can save lives, but sometimes we need, need that that voice as well. Yeah, we do need um, a voice. Well, you've come so far for, for me for this. Thank you. And we were building up okay. to this. A lot of people yeah. don't realize the work that goes into these podcasts yeah. behind the scenes. I really wanted to approach this, yeah, in the conversation. I mean, we still had a laugh talking as well. Yes. But I mean... Yeah, um, yeah. I'm not a sense, you know, I, yeah. I, I, you know, going through this, I still enjoy life. I still laugh. Yeah. I learn not to be sensitive to, yeah. you know, things. Yeah. But, you know, and... So to, and that's it. Yeah, it's it's, it's a taboo subject. Yeah. But I'm out there and... Yeah. You know, and for me, I just didn't want Jacob, his friends, all these young men and women to die in vain. I just, mm. I have to be a voice. It's like, yeah. you don't get to take my son and I sit back and do nothing. I'm, yeah. I'm out there, I'm, you know, 
Well, I, I'm educating people. You're not. Yeah. You're not doing that to me. So. Well, you've got so you've got you've got me now. You've Thank got me. You. You've got my yes. platform. You've got yes. my social media. You've got my groups. You know, if um, <laughs> I won't say what you said, you the, you ladies are like. You know, yeah. you said what we like. We won't say that. But but you, whenever you <laughs> ask for another yeah, podcast, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. you're you're welcome to um, look. Whenever anything's going on, and you're like, look, Dan, can you help us with this? You know, do you want to come and talk at this? Yes. You know, I'm quite cool as well, so mm-hmm. I can connect <laughs> with people. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, please uh, use me. But thank you so much thank for coming you. in. Thank you and, for having and we've me done this and being able to share this. Yeah, this story. Yeah, and you've done oh, it. You do. You've done it so well. Yeah. You're very artistic. You, you know, you're, Am like, I? you've done it. You're, she was worried about her accent at first. <laughs> I asked her if she could tone it down a bit, but yeah, we'll fix that in post. No, it's yeah. a beautiful. Accent. <laughs> uh, but we yeah. we got this on the weekend as well. It's so strange that this is on the weekend for World Suicide Day on the 10th of September, yeah, it is. and also the date was around your was around Jacob's. Yeah. So World Suicide Prevention Day is the 10th of September. Yeah. So that's a, a great opportunity to get out there talk about to talk about suicide um sadly it falls in the same week as jacob's 32nd birthday wow and his best friend's birthday andrew was the day before where he would be turning 31 oh my god so yeah it's a bit of a tough week but we just gotta get out there doing what we're doing and yeah and hopefully and it helps it's helped me well come on yeah i mean look your message i saw your message Mm. and i was blown away by it and it and i had a light bulb moment and all i want to do is i want to spread that light bulb moment i want i want you know there's probably lads that have watched this have gone fuck me i felt that and, and like instead of instead of this is what I wanted to happen on this podcast. Instead of people just thinking oh, I've got to give up, um, I've got to give up doing it because it's costing me a fortune and making me feel like shit. I want people to go. Do you know what? I've got to get up with it. I'll give this up because one day. Yes. Yeah. You know, it, this could could happen and change is there. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank, Thank you. you. I've got a feeling much. I'm going to see you again. Yeah, I know you're carried <laughs> <of> me now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's uh, thank you for coming. Um, and I'll oh, just quickly, just quickly before I go, where can I find your website and uh, your help and everything? We will so, put it in the bios and that. But. Yeah, so we've got the Jacob Abraham Foundation, yep. www.jacobabrahamfoundation. We've got the coalkalliance.org foundation. So just yep. give us a Google, we're there, we pop up on there. Yeah. And yeah, contact us. I've got a team of counselors that work for me and, you know, where we can help, we will help. Okay. Thank you very much, Nicola. And uh, thank you, John, mate. Thank you very much for today. A pleasure. Thank you for having me. I'm just going to sign off. So thank you guys for joining us. Um, yeah, bit of a bit of a serious one. I know there's a lot of people that jump on for the comedy on these podcasts or the, or the lighthearted moments, but this was something that we've we've prepped for, and I was really uh, excited to to get out across and something that I want to continue working on. Uh, this co cocathaline. Uh, I've still got it here. This cocathaline. Um, I never knew it. I never knew that it could create uh, psychosis. And if you think about not psychosis, but a uh, what was the word? The the, the excited delirium, yeah. and also the 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 the, the psychotic drug, yeah. yeah, in your mind that could create create these things. And the way that I associate myself, I'm still going on. I'm going to sign off. But the way that I associated it with, or my thinking is, you know, when people go mad and they kill other people and they've got no control over it. Do you know what I mean? Like psychopaths, you know, when they go into those rages, if if that's the, that's the way that I I kind of tried to think about it and. I thought to myself, no one knows. No yeah. one, no one's ever known that that could be a possibility, that that, that, that could happen to you. So bear that in mind. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you very much for joining us. And uh, look, we're here to help. Jump on the comments, check all the social media. And if you know anyone, if you know anyone that you think, like uh, like Nicholas said, from the, like we were saying from the um, live podcast, if you know anyone that this podcast could help, share it with them and uh, give us some feedback in the comments. 
from me and Nicola. Thank you. Thank that you. That is it. Bye-bye. Hello! We are going to take the Menace to Sobriety to the live stage and we need a live studio audience to interact with us, to come along, listen, laugh and learn everything about sobriety, mental health, well-being and just come along for a night out with like-minded people. We are going to be going live on the 30th of August, 27th of September, 25th of October and the 29th of November. That's one a month. Get your tickets now. Come down, meet the team and have some fun. Menace to Sobriety live, coming soon. Oh, yes. And don't forget, if you want to come and see me live and meet me, I'm going on tour. The Daniel O'Reilly Out of Character Full UK Tour kicks off in January 2024 and tickets are on sale right now. I'm going to try and get out and meet as many of you as possible. And of course, I'm going to be bringing the laughs all over the UK. There's 23 dates right now and I'm adding more all the time. Hit the link in the bio and get your tickets now and come have some fun. If you're going through a tough time at the moment, please don't suffer in silence. Feel free to pick up the phone and contact any of these helplines. I personally, myself, at one of my darkest points, contacted the Samaritans and it completely changed my outlook and got me out of a really deep, dark place. A problem shared really is a problem halved. So if you don't feel confident talking to those around you, check out any of these organisations and give them a call. This is my Facebook group. Just simply search on Facebook, Men and Their Emotions. It's for men only, uh, but once you're in there, you can talk anonymously about your problems and help others and just feel a little bit of community. So come join the conversation, Men and Their Emotions, on Facebook. Thanks for watching.